The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Is the Bible's history really true? Did Joseph really rule in ancient Egypt? Did the Hebrews actually escape Egypt because of plagues? Did they cross the Red Sea on dry ground? Or are these stories in the Old Testament just stories and nothing more? Today we're digging into scientific and historical apologetics, looking into archaeology. So stick around because we have a lot of evidence which will support the biblical record. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need we prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you Battleship Apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy. Battleship Apologetics. Up until the 1800s, the Western world had accepted the Bible as true and foundational for understanding this world. But when the Age of Enlightenment came, they wanted to replace the Bible with human reasoning, claiming that the human reasoning could give us a better understanding of true knowledge. The Bible says it is the source of truth. See, this led to science supposedly being the source of truth. That's uh -huh. a problem. Now the theory of evolution is spreading like crazy uh, and higher criticism has actually yeah. come out and it's actually beginning to sow doubt in what God's Word says. Uh -huh. And now it's considered mainstream opinion to deny the very existence of people like Adam and Eve, uh, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, guys like this. Even Christians are afraid of completely trusting the Bible's record. Yeah. If an expert says there's no evidence for Joseph, we believe them and not the Bible. What is wrong with this picture? Well, trusting in man rather than God, that's problem number one. Problem number two, Marianne, we're not giving God's Word the benefit of the doubt. We're not digging deeper into some of these issues. Yes. So often we don't consider that the expert might have a bias against the Bible. Now, for the last 200 years, we know that it's been modern archaeology has used the Bible uh, as they discover things over in the Middle East. They've used the Bible more than any other text to help them understand what they've discovered. Mm -hmm. And even with an incredible uh, track record, for, for accuracy, people are still doubting the Bible accounts. That's mm -hmm. what I find fascinating. Yeah. If there's no precise evidence supporting the existence of the Bible, the biblical people or cities, they claim the biblical account is wrong. But as the years go by, archaeological, uh, archaeological evidence for each person and city is later discovered. Mm -hmm. And as they make these discoveries, they, they find out, hey, the Bible was right all along. Yes, today we have exciting news about recent discoveries that confirm the long criticized account of the Hebrew sojourn in Egypt and their departure into the Promised Land. There's a brand new film out called Exodus Patterns, Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, that chronicles a filmmaker's journey literally for 12 years, I think, mm -hmm. as he digs yes. deeper into this issue. And he hears what he's shocked when he hears that most experts, uh, when it comes to the archaeological records there, they, they claim that the biblical account of the Hebrews in Egypt is pure myth. Uh -huh. We are going to interview the director, Tim Mahoney. But first, we will show you the trailer.
I don't believe there was a single event that we can call the Exodus. So far, there is no documented evidence about the Exodus. Exodus did not happen in the way that it is described in the text. How can we prove that? You look for a collapse in Egyptian civilization, and that's where you'll find Moses and the Exodus. If people are telling us that there was no Jericho at the time that Joshua conquered the Promised Land, why don't we ask the simple question, when was Jericho destroyed? Do you think this is Joseph? Either it is Joseph, or it's somebody remarkably the same. We have tombs that are clearly those of foreigners, Semites. We can tell this by the pottery, by the kind of weapons. These are non-Egyptian type daggers. They have donkeys in some cases buried with them. This was not an Egyptian practice. This is real evidence. Look at your evidence and come to a conclusion based on the evidence. Patterns of Evidence. The Exodus. To order this DVD, visit us at creationstore.org. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash creation today. Planning your next vacation? Why not make it a creation vacation with the help of our new website, visitcreation.org. Here you'll find many activities from museums and science centers to caves and canyons, all teaching the truth about our great creator. Why wait? Go to visitcreation.org today to begin planning your creation vacation. Can Christians believe the Bible from the very first word? This new study, The Six Days of Genesis, by creation speaker Paul Taylor, will help Christians understand exactly what happened during the creation week and why it is foundationally important to believe it. You will enjoy every minute of Paul's unique presentation style, combining scientific facts, solid biblical teaching, and a little British humor. For more information, visit us at www.creationtoday.org. All over the world, there are similar findings of ancient religions, cities and towers, advanced astronomy, and civilized government. Over the course of two years, a team of researchers from Jackson Hole Bible College have worked to bring together the different pieces of the convoluted mystery in history of ancient man. With an overwhelming amount of evidence for the intelligence of these early innovators, to order this book, The Genius of Ancient Man, visit us at www.creationstore.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. 
For the past 50 years, the most prominent archaeologists and historians have said that there is no evidence for the Exodus. In fact, they say that the archaeological record even opposes the biblical account. Well, today our guest on the show is Tim Mahoney. He has spent the last 12 years researching and studying this topic. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the completion of your film and its success in the theaters. Um, I got to see it with my sister in a theater in Portland. We were so overwhelmed by all of the evidence that you supported for the Exodus. It was so encouraging. Well, Thank it you. was a big accomplishment, I felt, just to basically finish this film because, as, as, we, as you mentioned, it was 12 years in the making. But over those 12 years, uh, it really, it, I think it was a very valuable process for us to basically uh, take this much time to examine really what the story was. What was the problem? Why, couldn't, why, why were archaeologists saying there wasn't any evidence? And I could have stopped somewhere along the way, but our team just felt like, you know what, we can't stop. We have to just keep moving forward and trying to solve this problem. Okay, Tim, I got my Bible open to Exodus here. There's a lot of details, a lot of details. Moses, uh, you know, leading the people out, the burning bush, uh, plagues. I mean, there's so much detail in here. If this really did happen, surely we would see some archaeological evidence of it. What have you guys found? What's interesting is that what we did is we took this same approach. We said, well, what is the Bible actually saying? And, uh, and what ended up happening was the Bible says that early on there was a group of people uh, that were invited in. The first person actually was Joseph, the Bible says, that Joseph was sold as a slave. He went, uh, was, went to Egypt, uh, and then he uh, actually interpreted dreams. Uh, by God's help, and one of those dreams that he interpreted was for Pharaoh, and it talked about a famine that was coming, and that there would be seven years, the interpretation was that there was going to be seven years of plenty and seven years uh, of famine, and Joseph rose in the ranks of, uh, of Egypt's uh, kingdom and became a prime minister. This is what the Bible says. So one of the first questions that we raised was, is there any evidence of a character like this character of Joseph in Egyptian history? And, and I had to go to Egyptologists and other people who, who basically helped to, to help me through answering that question. Your section on Joseph was fascinating. Could you share some of the details that you had found there that line up with the story of Joseph and the 12 tombs and... Well, there's an uh, Egyptologist, David Roll, and he was the one who really saw this evidence. And what's fascinating is that David Roll is not a Christian. He's <laughs> agnostic. Yes. But what ended up happening was he didn't start looking for evidence of the Bible. He was actually looking for reasons why there was this dark period called the Third Intermediate Period in Egypt's history. It's very, very large uh, time space, uh, time period. Mm -hmm. And as he looked at that, he thought that there were some problems. And then he looked at other places in Egyptian history, and that's when he started to see that it was possible that Egyptian history was, was not accurately uh, laid out, uh, that, that, that had, it had been, it was longer, it had been um, uh, extended longer than it should have been. And so that meant that some of the things that maybe matched the stories of the Bible that he could see in earlier evidences were pushed back, and that's why no one connected it. 
so the, the idea of Joseph, for example, there is this character and there's this, um, this time period when it looks as if e Egypt went through a hardship. Uh, and he mm -hmm. identified this pharaoh who had his ears, you know, his ears were curved out like this. And Roll says that that was a very unusual look for a pharaoh. And his face was frowning. And normally pharaohs didn't look that way. And uh, uh, what ended up happening was, was that during this period of time, he also identified this, uh, this ruler that appeared, that he believes matches the character of Joseph. And what we're, we talked about, you talked about these tombs. There was a place where this house in the, the eastern part of Goshen, which was the eastern part of Delta, I should say. The Delta is the Goshen. The Bible called it Goshen. Uh, the eastern part of the Nile Delta. Uh, they started digging in that area, and they found that there was these Semitic-type dwellings, and there was the, one of the very first dwellings that was there matched the type of house that came from Haran, where J Jacob would have come from. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, so that house then was destroyed, and a palace was built over the top of it. And my understanding from David Roll was that this was the custom. When the father died, then the, the leading son would take and build another structure over the top of that home. And that's where they found this Egyptian palace. And in the garden of that Egyptian palace were tombs. But one tomb was a pyramid tomb. And inside that tomb, they found what appears to be, uh, well, definitely is a Semitic ruler with red hair sweeping back and a uh, multicolored type coat. And uh, a staff that was over his shoulder, actually it was over probably this shoulder here, uh, and uh, of authority. And it all matches the same time period when, this, uh, when it appears that the Pharaoh was going through this hardship uh, time. And so there's many, many connections that, uh, that are in the film that we basically uh, were able to uncover. And there were other graves that were along around this house. Uh, this palace, which were about 11 main graves. So David Earl says, well, how many brothers did, did Joseph have? And it seemed to match the story. And there's even more to this palace, this house. Uh, one of them had to do with the fact that the, uh, there were chambers that were added later on, two other chambers that were additions to this house. And Joseph had two sons. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, once again, it, it fit the the idea, the pattern of the story. So then we basically started saying, well, what would be the next pattern? And the next pattern was enslavement. And so in the film, we look at six major patterns. The first one was arrival. The second one was, uh, well, actually, the next pattern is multiplication. Uh -huh. And then the third pattern is enslavement. And that's exactly what we see. This small group of people come, they expand, just as the Bible said. They multiplied to such a great degree that the Egyptians were threatened by them. Mm -hmm. And then they were enslaved. And that's what David Earl said happened in, at, this, at this location. In fact, that's what uh, Manfred Bitek, the archaeologist who was there, was saying. And the records were, were telling you that. That story was matching exactly the story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, if you have not had a chance to see Exodus Patterns of Evidence yet, it is coming out on DVD. Mm -hmm. I had, you got to go see it at the theater. I had a nine-year-old girl go see this movie. She came back and was ecstatic telling me all about the film, telling me how things lined up. So a nine-year-old got it. She uh -huh. knew exactly what you were trying to say. Okay, 
What about the people, though, that say, hang on, hang on, the whole idea of Exodus, that's just a story of meaning. That's not really a story of fact. This doesn't really have anything anything factual to do with it. I, I love, by the way, and I'm kind of spoiling it a little bit. In the film, you bring out some of the some of the showing how it's not fact, but address that real quick. Well, I I I think that uh, there are there are people in the film that basically say that these stories don't have to be true for them to not have uh, significance, and so part of that I think is posturing that that people have said, you know, if we can't find any real historical evidence that these stories happen, I mean, are you trying to say that, that there were plagues or that the, the, the Nile turned to blood and all these miraculous things? It's hard for a modern-minded person to actually, you know, take that story for today. And they're saying, so it doesn't have to be true for it to have significance or meaning. And uh, so I haven't... Uh, all I've been doing is basically showing that the Bible says that there was the river turned to blood. And we find an Egyptian document that basically echoes that the river turned to blood. The Bible says that, that Moses took water and poured it. And this document says that the strong man poured water and <laughs> took captive, uh, you know, took captive, uh, I think, the, you know, the kingdom. And so there's all these references that match that story, that slaves now are going around with jewels, with uh, uh, they even name the type of emeralds that they were, gold and lapis lazuli and different types of things. And the Bible says that this is the types of jewels that the, the, the uh, servants were given. And some Egyptologists said, well, this can't be. Why would slave people have jewels of this and, and the rich men now become poor? It's, that's exactly the transitional point that said that they gave them all their wealth. Yeah. The Egyptians gave them the wealth and told them to leave, you know, and they were like, go, go, take this. And wow. so those kinds of things were very interesting yes. to me that there was historical documents. And one of the reasons why people have ignored them is because they're much earlier in time. And that's the reason why we go back to this gap that David Roll and others like John Vimson... Uh, have been looking at. And John Vimson is in England. He also looked at that. Well, I I don't want to give away the whole movie. I got That ending of the movie is like, listen, you got to watch Exodus Patterns of Evidence, okay? Because what he's about to say is going to give away a lot. Well, hey, do this. Would you? We're out of time right now. Would you stick around and do an extended interview and talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. All right. You can watch the extended interview at creationtoday.org. We'll be back right after this. Was it eons of time that shaped the Earth's most dramatic rock features? Or could the Earth's surface be explained by the global flood catastrophe described of in the Bible? Mainstream science denies that alternative. Has science made it impossible for us to believe the Bible? No, there's good reason to doubt the millions of years theory that dominates geology. Today we're going to explore some evidence from a catastrophic flood that ripped through our own backyard at the end of the Ice Age. It's called the Lake Missoula Flood. The Creation Explorers will journey into this flood's path. They will explore the features carved by the Missoula Flood and see how these same features can be seen across the Earth. This evidence for catastrophic flood erosion shows us just how possible the Bible's global flood catastrophe can be. 
Do you find yourself jumping from site to site or wading through thousands of search results to find answers about God's Word and His creation? Well, no more. SearchCreation.org brings the top creation and apologetic websites together into one search engine while ignoring the thousands of sites that push lies and half-truths. So if you have questions about molecular chemistry, deep space, dinosaurs, or how to defend your faith in a godless world, visit us at searchcreation.org. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org. Beginnings is a creation experience for small groups, churches, and individuals from all walks of life. Creation speaker Eric Hoven explores the age-old questions of life, the evidence for a young earth, and how dinosaurs fit in with the Bible. The included guide provides an introduction to each lesson, creative challenges, great discussion questions, and practical ways to apply each lesson to everyday life. To order this DVD, go to www.creationstore.org. Let's take a minute, a Creation Minute, here on Creation Today. Welcome to Creation Minute, I'm Eric Hovind. Do you remember the first time somebody told you there is no God? You were thinking, no way. I mean, you'd have to be highly educated to be that ignorant. And you're right. You wouldn't look at a building and wonder if there was a builder. You don't look at a painting and question if there was a painter. At the same time, we do not look at creation and wonder. Was there a creator? The Bible even tells us the invisible things in creation are clearly seen. Everybody believes in God, but some have decided to suppress that truth. Don't suppress the truth. Trust in Christ. To learn more about creation, visit us at creationminute.com. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back. Boy, I really love that interview. I know. Yeah. Tim is amazing. Isn't it amazing. If you want to see the extended interview with Tim Mahoney, you can go to creationtoday.org and view it. Okay, Marianne, here's what I'm wondering. Okay, we see evidence of. Uh, of Joseph. He talked about mm -hmm. the, the, the 12 tombs there, uh -huh. and he didn't say it's proof. He said this is evidence for. Yes. We've got uh, the coat of many colors that was on him. Uh -huh. We see evidence. The, uh, pyramid. the, the pyramid house. The pyramid. Yep. So those six things, those six patterns clearly lay out that, hey, there's potentially, I mean, this could be exactly what the Bible is talking yes. about, what it says there. Absolutely. Okay, what about though, after they left Egypt? I want to share with you some things that I've learned over the years that I find fascinating. Once again, some very, very interesting things. First of all, let's look at Scripture. The Bible says that when Moses left Egypt, when they, when they escaped, when they exited Egypt, they camped by the sea. God had them camp by the sea. Okay. He also said that when they crossed the Red Sea, God divided the waters so that they went across on dry ground. Mm -hmm. Now, some skeptics have actually said that that water where they crossed in the Red Sea was actually only ankle-deep water. <laughs> That sounds miraculous. Yeah, seriously, ankle deep. So that wouldn't be a big miracle, would mm -hmm. it? <laughs> no. That's not a big deal. And how would the Egyptian army drown 
in that water because uh -huh. the Bible says the whole Egyptian army drowned in that water. So uh, that would be ankle deep water. Uh, so he does say he took them across on dry ground. It seems pretty clear. And when the uh, Egyptians were chasing them, it says he took off their chariot wheels mm -hmm. uh, while they were chasing them. So, and the waters returned and covered up the chariots and the horsemen. So we see from scripture that uh, this had to be more than ankle deep water, okay? And they really did cross though on dry ground. Uh -huh. Now, here's what I wanna show you that I've learned. And, and I, this is just interesting to me. You got Egypt right here. Here's the Mediterranean Sea. Here's the Red Sea, and here's the two different fingers. You got the Sinai Peninsula right here. There's the Gulf of Aqaba. Now, I believe that I believe that the children of Israel probably crossed the Red Sea in a different place than most people think they crossed okay. the Red Sea. So a lot of people haven't crossed in the Red Sea over here. Uh, and it, it's interesting, there, there's a new thing out, uh, I've seen it going around on Facebook, people are sharing it. The whole Egyptian army has been discovered in the Red Sea. And they're pointing to a spot over here, if you do it on Google Maps, you can see it. That is not, I don't believe, and by the way, that whole thing is a hoax. Uh, I, that's not where they crossed the Red uh -huh. Sea. However. I think they may have crossed over here in the Gulf of Aqaba mm. rather than on this peninsula up here. I think it was right here in this one. And why um, is that? Well, it, there's some evidence we see supporting this, okay? Uh -huh. The Bible says they left the, the land of uh, Goshen, which was the best land, and that's what we just saw or what the movie shows evidence of. Mm -hmm. As they went through, check this out. Uh, this is a wadi, uh, which is a dried riverbed, but all the stones that are normally in the bottom have all been pushed to this side right mm -hmm. here. And it leads to this beach area by the sea. Mm -hmm. The Bible says they were encamped around by the sea. Here's a big time backup. You can see both peninsulas here leading to the Red Sea. So this is from the north headed south. This little beach area right here is where that wadi leads to. So I'm wondering if they didn't come out of the land of Goshen and cross over here. Remember, it took the Egyptian army three days to catch them. And an army, I'm assuming, is going to move a whole lot faster than men, women, and children, you know, traveling. Well, here's yeah. that beach area closer up, this nice delta here, right? Delta, uh -huh. and a, what is it, alluvial? Fan. Alluvial fan, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So this is where that wadi heads out to. Now to the north, right up here, they've actually discovered a pillar right up here. Oh, well, wow. I'm sorry, so this is the north, oh. to the south right there, because uh -huh. this picture is coming from the north. Okay. They've actually discovered a pillar, and this is that area coming out, the dry riverbed. Uh, where the children of Israel may have come out and then encamped by the sea. This is the only okay. place along the Red Sea yeah. there where the, it could hold a bunch of people because we're estimating there might have been somewhere around a million to two million people, okay? Here's the statue, or the, excuse me, the, the column that was found over there. A friend of mine named Gilbert oh, wow. uh, gave us that picture. That's him standing <laughs> up on top there? of that pillar over there on this side of the uh, of the Red Sea on the west side of it. Now, the Gulf of Aqaba is incredibly deep. It's over a mile deep. Wow. I mean, really, really deep. We're talking 6,000 feet deep. Whoa. But there's a natural land bridge right off of this alluvial fan uh -huh. that goes right here where it's only 900 feet deep. Oh. Still pretty deep, but not near as deep as the rest of the Gulf of Aqaba. Okay. Uh -huh. So I believe this could potentially be where they crossed the Red yeah. Sea, where the real Red Sea crossing was. And potentially right over here in Saudi Arabia could be where Mount Sinai oh. is at. There are mountains over there. There's okay. a mountain over there that's all black on the top. They have discovered a carving wow. of what could be uh, of, a, of a cow of some <laughs> kind, maybe the golden uh -huh. calf. Then we learned that in Horeb, God told Moses to strike the rock. Uh -huh. Check this out. This is a uh, photo taken from about a half mile away, but that is a huge wow, boulder with is. a split right down the middle. And it's a desert over there. Not, not a lot of rain, but there's huge erosion features coming uh -huh. out of, of this area. So once again, I think there's lots and lots of evidence for the <laughs> exodus uh, of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Uh -huh.
Well, if you have any more questions, you can send them to questions at creationtoday.org. Thanks for joining us. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.